Good morning. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Oh, doing so great. A nice Sunday morning. Yes, absolutely. Just wrapped another support group. It was amazing. Oh, I loved it. I love our Sunday morning meetings. So good. So good. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm Crystal. And I'm Stacy, and this is the Itty Bitty Belly Committee Podcast. So cute. Cutest name ever. I started hashtagging <laughs> my Instagram with the um, like hashtag Itty Bitty Belly Committee just Obsessed. to like get it trending. I'm so trendy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Queen. <laughs> I'm going to um, start off from the top saying that I have a little bug, but it's not COVID. Um, so if I am seem a little like lower energy or clearing my throat a lot. That's why, but I'm going to try to keep it together. So I want to chat with you and continue our journey along the itty bitty belly podcast, like route. I don't know what the word is. Wow. <laughs> there we go. You Starting sound, off strong. You sound super, you sound super sexy. So that's, oh, yeah. I always love when I have a little, you know, something because I feel like my voice changes and then it's real raspy and, and hot, like Kathleen so. Turner, like yes. so that's good. <laughs> it's from all the cigarettes I'm smoking. Just kidding. Oh my gosh, I was driving home from work yesterday, and it was a really long week for me. And I was at a stoplight, and somebody had their window rolled down, and they had a cigarette, and it was like the perfect weather. And I was just like, oh, I hate you. Can I hit you with my car and not get in trouble? <laughs> But then I also kind of wanted to just roll down the window and be like, hey, you got one. <laughs> Bummy one. Right. You're like, just blow it into my car. <laughs> right. It's just weird. It's weird. Driving in the car, that's always something. But anyways, mm. so this is our podcast all about kind of life after VSG general updates. Yes. The amazingness so, that is life after right? surgery. It's so cool because you and I are exactly, what, three months apart? February, March, April, May. Yeah, three months apart. So I am coming up to my four-month post-op mark. And Mm -hmm. I got to say, I'm still, like, so in this thing. I feel like life after VSG is just all VSG for me right now, you know? It's, like, yeah, yeah, totally. It's, I'm so in the world. I'm so immersed in it. It's either, you know, support group or new friends or Instagram or going for walks or what am I going to eat? <laughs> what am I going to meal prep for the week? Um, it's just there's I'm like just really, really in this headspace of just like doing something. I think it will stay that way because I'm I'm like you said, I'm almost seven months out. And probably until about four months in, I was still on the struggle bus with energy. I felt really lethargic and I was telling myself, oh, it's because of the surgery. Like I can take it easy. And even though I was fully recovered. And so finally at four months, I felt good enough and energetic enough to get off my butt and start moving more. And now I feel I've been running like two miles a day, which I tell myself isn't that much, but it's more than I was doing ever. So that's, and I'm not running the whole two miles either, but 
I will say like I'm constantly consistently working out and I'm proud of myself that I'm able to do that but I'm still in the fully invested in the VSG mentality of when I wake up I'm like I go okay I need to take my vitamins did I take this pill did I eat my breakfast and yeah I don't know I don't know if it'll ever change and I'm kind of okay with that because it's good habits to have absolutely I totally agree and you know, the days that you do feel a little disconnected, it's like something's missing. I don't know. It's really Mm -hmm. kind of strange because it does happen for me time to time. You know, obviously life is still happening after VSG. I think people Mm -hmm. need to talk about that a lot more is just that like, you know, I had VSG and then a month and a half later, my dog died and it was Mm -hmm. just like a total devastation for me. And I'm sure that that, you know, I mean, not that you think, oh, I'm going to have VSG and then the whole world's going to stop because all of a sudden I have this new thing to focus on. But it's like life still continues to happen, you know, like you eventually go back to work and then the stress of work happens and then you've got, you know, big tragic things happening in life and mm-hmm. big, you know, new thing and exciting things happen, you know, so it's like all the things still continue. <laughs> like, yeah. But your world is just really immersed in this in this uh, VSG you know, everything. So it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. your outside can start changing. It starts changing pretty significantly after surgery. If you don't address the inside, you're still going to, at least for me, continue to have the same problems. And I firmly believe that, and I'm so grateful that I've been in talk therapy for a few years now. So I was ready for the emotional changes. But sometimes, like you said, your dog dies or, God, you know, with COVID, we all peripherally have people we've lost or know people we've lost. Knock on wood, I haven't lost anyone close to me yet. But, you know, where life still happens. And so if you're not prepared emotionally for this change, sometimes I go, wait, guys, like, I, I'm going through this and the world doesn't care. You know, like you still have to keep yep. moving on. And uh, you better be ready because there is significant changes that happen to your body, especially as a woman going through this surgery. Um, hormones change. Your I've had my period ugh, like I feel twenty times, <laughs> probably not twenty times, but it feels like twenty times since I had the surgery because your wow. body is just going through so many changes, and it's hard. It's it's emotionally taxing. And, but then it's also, for me, it's kind of a mind fuck too, because I look better, like quote unquote better and what society deems is better. Mm-hmm. So I should be so happy with this. And I am most of the time, but then sometimes I'm like, oh, I am only losing weight in my knee <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> you know? So you have to really be checking in with yourself mentally and, and physically, Absolutely. I completely can relate to that. It's, it's crazy. Cause I, and, and you've been in therapy for a long time and mm-hmm. I recently started therapy and I, I actually had it on like my bucket list of things to do prior to surgery was to really mm-hmm. find a great therapist, somebody that I can jive with so that I can continue with throughout the, the, and I just found that I had so many expenses coming up. There were so many things that were happening Um, even just like the day-to-day, like logistics, um, I just, everything took me away from therapy and it wasn't until after I had surgery and somebody actually basically handed me this (laughs) on paper, seemingly perfect therapist that I was like, okay, Stacey, finally, you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so instead of, you know, which 
I think there are some people probably very different schools of thought here, but like there are some people that probably are like, Oh, I need to put all my money into personal training or getting the right Mm. gym or, you know, getting those things together. Whereas me, I'm like, no, I think for me, this is a huge mental game. Mm -hmm. Um, and I need to get that piece like down. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I've only had two sessions so far with my therapist, but it's something that I super highly recommend because it, it, it really in the world. And I have support groups coming up, you know, like almost every other day. <laughs> so it's not to mm-hmm. say that I don't have support in my life. It's just that having that one-on-one, like the person that you can literally just stare at and cry if you need to, that's, <laughs> that's what they're there for. You know, it's like, it's just, it's awesome. It's just really, really helpful. And I think everybody should uh, strongly consider it if they're, you know, it, it, struggling in any capacity with weight loss surgery or even not. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, I went, <clears throat> there we go. The freaking throat clearing. <clears throat> Sorry. It's gonna be really annoying today, guys. Uh, I went to therapy originally because of my anxiety and my severely debilitating, like I couldn't get over it. I couldn't, it was affecting my life. I was having rolling panic attacks all the time and I did it for years. And finally I reached out like because of a podcast I listened to actually called my favorite murder, which used to be my favorite podcast. Um, they spoke frankly and openly about their struggles with mental illness and health, mental health. And they went to therapy and they would always say how you could go to psychologytoday.com and there's a master list of all these great therapists and you can find what you're looking for on your area. And so I finally did it. But I remember the first time I called to make an appointment, the therapist then calls you back or at least how they did it. They, they would call you back and do like an intake to figure out if they could help you. Mm-hmm. And so my therapist, Emily called and I started crying <laughs> immediately. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm crying. This is just really scary for me to admit a, that I have a problem, I need help, and then to seek it out. Like, to me, it was acknowledging that this was a problem that I couldn't fix. And I think that that correlates to our surgery, too, because for me, I was finally saying, okay, like, I'm going to acknowledge that what I've done for the past 27 years isn't working because I really started focusing on my weight when I was 10 years old. And you know, the yo-yoing isn't working. I can make excuses. I can do whatever, but I am unhealthy and I need to help. I need help and I need to like reach my hand out for, for the help. So yeah, I'm a huge proponent of therapy. I'm a huge proponent of, of, uh, self like reflection and, and doing the work. Cause it's, it's gnarly. I actually dread therapy every week still, but (laughs) then I do it and I feel so much better because I look at it as like when you're sick and you know you need to throw up, but you really don't want to throw up, but you know you need to. And I just go and I emotionally throw up and just dump without any fear of judgment or retaliation. I just say exactly how I'm feeling. And usually it's, you know, really ugly. And then we pick through it and clear it out. And then it's it clears my mind mind sickles and I'm like, okay, that's not true. And I can move on, move forward or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And and one really, really powerful thing that my therapist was talking about on our very first session was the effect of weight loss and hormones. And I, I don't know why I just had like such a mind blown moment that I was like, 
I've been feeling all of this craziness coming up. Like I feel like a wild woman in many ways, Mm. um, which is very out of character for me, I would say typically. And I've even had moments where I felt like a different person as I was saying Mm. something, which is really strange. And it's just this like just raging hormones. I I think it's just our fat cells have so much hormones that they are that are in them. And as they release, apparently it comes into your body and it's a new kind of hormone or whatever. That was at least Mm. my understanding of this or something. Um, and that actual weight loss can affect your hormones or there could be hormone fluctuations in your body because of this extreme weight loss. And yeah. I did feel that. I absolutely felt that. I feel some days I wake up and I'm Stacy and then like, I feel like I need to give this other bitch a name because I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who th- I don't know who she is. I don't recognize her, but I'm like, I'm kind of coming to love her. You know, she really speaks her truth and she's very <laughs> pointed when she, you know, um, has an issue. So I think, you know, Mm. kind of honoring all of these changes, not just like physically, but also the person that I am, you know, the woman that I am is like, I think there's kind of like this new understanding of, of, of what that is, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, with PCOS, my hormones are all over the place. But in, I don't know, I guess I should say what it is. It's polycystic ovarian syndrome. So my female hormones are imbalanced with the male hormones and it's a whole thing. It's something I've been struggling with since I was 15. So super fun. Google it. It's like all the worst things that can happen. (laughs) Um, So I, I'm used to having pretty significant hormone swings. Mm -hmm. Uh, But with the, my period happening so often after surgery, I never had a consistent period my whole life. And there was actually a long period of time where I just didn't get my periods, period of time. And so now after surgery, it makes sense that my hormones are like really just all over the place because I'm having my period so much. But it's been nice to have it consistently. And with a consistency, it's making my my cramps lighter and my PMS not so bad. So it's like lighter flow. It's that's a lot of information. But um. Yeah, it's been, it makes sense. And I, that's why I'm glad we're talking about this stuff because I, I feel like when I, I'm on Instagram, I'm seeing people sharing all the positive stuff, but not <laughs> maybe necessarily the negative or difficult things that, that come with this. I always tell, I, I'm always thinking, oh, to be a man, it would just be so much easier, but I'm glad I'm not. But, you know, like every once in a while, just to, just to not have to deal with the, uh, the struggle of being a woman I think we should call your alter ego Stacy Fierce like Sasha Fierce mm. like Beyonce's alter ego but we can come up with something but um maybe that's why I got fired from my job <laughs> I'm gonna blame it on the hormones <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's crazy it's like I had there was a woman that comes out and she does our visual install every like quarterly or so my um, dream job was, yeah yeah oh so she was coming in and Um, she just is a very chatty person and I love her dearly. She's wonderful, but she just, she has a tendency to just talk a lot. You're like, get your work done, please. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's seven o'clock in the morning. I don't (laughs) want to talk to anybody much less, you know, you and you know, she's just going on and on and on. And finally, like, I didn't even hear myself or feel myself say it. 
it was a complete out of body experience, which I can't even describe like prior to surgery. I've never had this moment before, but basically I was just like, Nance, we have got to talk and work at the same time. And it just came out so snappy. She was talking about some stupid game she played as a kid that it was just so irrelevant and just so unnecessary. And I just said the thing and then I was like, oh God. And then I like came back to, and I was like, uh, yeah, just because we only have a couple hours before we open. And then I was like, holy shit, Stacey, what was that? And I really thought about it after the fact. And I, and I shared it with my therapist and she's like, oh yeah, your hormones are going to go through something pretty like drastic because Mm -hmm. when you release all this fat, it, it releases these hormones and it's quick. Like everything happens super, super fast. Uh, post VSG, which I, I think at this point, I actually did my measurements this morning. I think I'm down actually 50 pounds, like on the button since surgery. That's so crazy. it's like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And so to think in almost four months, that's, that's a lot of freaking weight. And I mean, mm-hmm. in the past I've lost weight before, but never this rapid. And so mm-hmm. it makes sense that there would be some pretty substantial changes, um, you know, and hormonally, like there, it's even affected my sleep. I haven't even Mm -hmm. talked about this yet on Instagram, but uh, definitely my sleep has been affected. There are moments where um, I I don't have an issue falling asleep, which I'm very grateful for. Typically Mm -hmm. by the time I'm like getting into bed, I am so tired from the day. Um, But in the morning is really when I have a hard time, like either sleeping in or just trying to relax. And so I've really kind of changed that, like, or tried to change that neural pathway for myself and just say, you know what, if you can't, if you wake up in the morning and your brain switch the flips on and you just start thinking about mm-hmm. stuff, get up, get out of bed, get your clothes on, go for a walk. That's going to be yep. like, you know, like it's just the new norm, make some water and go like, don't even think, don't even brush your teeth. Like if it takes mm-hmm. you out of your, you know, process of getting there, just, just go. <laughs> because no, if like you a give thousand yourself time percent. to negotiate, you're like, I'm not going <laughs> to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. I, that's so funny you said that because we've never compared notes about our mornings, but, uh, and I, so before surgery, I was a napper. I could, because I don't drink caffeine and I didn't mm-hmm. before the surgery. So I could lay down at around like three and I would take like an hour nap every day. And after surgery, I just could not nap anymore at all. And then I would fall asleep because I wasn't napping. I would, I would fall asleep easier Mm-hmm. But I've always been a power sleeper and I could, if I fell asleep, I would sleep unless I t- set my alarm, I would sleep until like for like 10 hours. So after surgery, it's about seven and a half hours, eight hours on the dot. And I'm like, bing, I'm awake. And it's like, like you said, the light turns on <clears throat> and then I am ready to go. And so I had a bad habit of rolling over and getting my phone and checking Facebook and Instagram and reading the news. And then I would have to get in the shower to wake up. So just like you said, I started, I put my workout clothes in this little cloth bin at the foot of my bed and I get up and I put my workout clothes on before I even really think the minute my phone, Mm -hmm. like my brain wakes up, I turn the light on, put my clothes on, grab my headphones and I chug a bunch of water because I don't like carrying water with me when I'm walking. Mm -hmm. And then I go work out. And, and that was a really big change for me because I always would shower first thing in the morning since I was like six years old, I would always get in the shower first thing in the morning. And now I really like, I I used to let my body dictate that I was hungry. And so I would shower and then I would immediately eat breakfast 
And now, well, actually, I used to get up, smoke a cigarette, then take a shower, then eat breakfast. (laughs) And so now it's just such a difference to be. I never thought I would be the person like putting clothes on and going and working out first thing in the morning because I have to just get it over with. I can't do it in the afternoon. I won't do it if I wait. And so, yeah, it's funny to hear hear you say that too, like that your morning routine has changed so much. And I think you and I are both pretty lucky in that we set our own schedules for the most part and we don't have kids that are waking us up at six in the morning to get ready for school. We definitely have that kind of life of leisure, even though you're working, I was working like 90 hours a week until recently. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, we definitely aren't, maybe the norm of people in our typical age group, but whatever, I'd still like it. So we'll just run with it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, I love it. We're doing our things in the morning. Yeah. Quite the luxury to be able to Mm -hmm. wake up when we want to. And my sister has two kids. Yeah. My sister has two kids. One's eight and one's two and a half. And he's very two and a half. And she always says that she literally dreams that she could just come to my house and go in my cold bedroom because I also have air conditioning, which is really rare in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I wish I could just come to your house and sleep in your bed and watch TV in your room with the air conditioning on and have no one talk to me. I'm like, you can come <laughs> over anytime. Just leave the kids at home and come over and hide in my house. It's fine. So funny. I feel yeah. pretty grateful that I have the freedom and luxury to do whatever I want to do, basically, which is not the norm, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I and I think that, you know, committing to these changes, I think it makes it a little bit easier that we don't have mm-hmm. anyone else's schedule that we have to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of all about us in a way. <laughs> Probably Can I ask you a, a question easier. about that? Yeah, yeah. I want to ask you. So you were mentioning earlier today that you and your that your husband is like a snacker and he doesn't have food issues and I feel like my fiance is the same way he just eats whatever he could stop drinking soda and he'll lose 30 pounds like he has a very typical male body and he just eats whatever he wants whenever he wants to so I'm curious do you and your husband still do meals together like are you doing dinners together not when you go out but like at home are you cooking together and eating together or do you just do your own things I think we're kind of weird in a sense that our schedules are so different so Mm. there's a couple of things so to start like to really explain this um first of all my husband's insanely spoiled and it was completely (laughs) by my design I did that on purpose because I'm Mm -hmm. like if this man can't live without me then he will never live without me and mm-hmm. so, but there's also the point that I have celiac disease, which means if I have mm-hmm. gluten at all, I'm going to be very sick. So from the start of our relationship, from the time that we moved in together, I, and I'm a little bit of a control freak about it because I know that if even one thing gets on my plate or whatever, like I could potentially be really sick. So mm-hmm. I've always prepped all the meals and, and I don't say to him, you cannot have gluten in the house or you cannot eat a sandwich in our house or anything like that. But from the jump, like there's been this understanding that when food's being prepped, I'm doing it. I've got gloves on. He's not touching a damn thing. Cause I've seen him work in the kitchen before and I love <laughs> him dearly, but I'm like, no, this is giving me way too much. Like I don't even have anxiety, but that would give me freaking anxiety for sure. Mm. So I have just sort of 
taken the lead on that. And so <laughs> unfortunately for him, like I, I do it all, but I also don't take anything off the table for him. Right. So mm-hmm. I actually eat all the food that leaves my kitchen. And so he kind of sits there like the king and I literally serve him food and I, you know, jokingly ask for tips and like bow and like do dumb shit. Too, so. <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> so there's that. So when it comes to the, like he doesn't snack often, but he eats big meals and he eats a lot and he eats kind of like a five-year-old if I'm being mm-hmm. really honest, you know, like mm-hmm. he likes his cheese- cheeseburgers and fries and sandwiches and you know, chips and all that shit, ice cream, cookies, you name it. So generally what I do for the week is, oh, and then the other caveat to this is that I work mostly daytime. So I typically am at work by 9.30, 10 o'clock. I'm home by 5.36. He works, he leaves the house at two o'clock. He's usually home by 10.30 PM. So Mm. we're in Vegas. All the schedules are all wacky. He works what's called swing shift here. And so he works for a casino and it's like, that's just his schedule. And we have the same days off, but we are very opposite during the week. So typically I'm up early. I do my thing in the morning. I leave for work. Um, he wakes up a little bit later cause he sleeps generally later than I do. Um, he has food already like kind of meal prepped for him for lunch. Then I do bento boxes. So I have like a bento box for me for work. And then I have bento boxes for him for work right? Totally spoiled. Mm -hmm. And then at night, so generally when I get home from work, I'm cooking or I have something meal prep for myself for my evening dinner. And then when he gets home from work, he likes to eat what I call like the kid food. So generally he'll, (laughs) it'll be like something air fried, um, or like, like sometimes he even likes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or Mm -hmm. literally like kid food, um, quesadillas, and then he always has it with like cookies and chips and like all kinds of sweets after. So mm. I, and because I'm prepping, that's like the main time. So we were talking about triggers in our group this week. That's mm-hmm. the main time where I feel like I'm triggered. So typically when I'm cooking food, I like to snack as I'm cooking. And after dinner, so I usually eat dinner around maybe 7.30 or so. By the time he gets home from work and he's ready to eat, it's like 11 or so. And I stand in the kitchen and I like make his food. And I oftentimes will grab something for me to snack on while I'm cooking. Mm. So that's kind of like a trigger time for me where I'm kind of hungry. But if I were laying in bed drinking a cup of tea, I probably wouldn't be snacking. Right. So I have to figure out a way, you know, talking about those like neural pathways, like I have to figure out a way to like make that stuff either super simple to just like throw it in the microwave and like bring it out or have him do it because he's he's able to microwave he he does okay on the microwave (laughs) (laughs) but um you know like figure out a way to like get myself out of the kitchen more so that I'm not spending as much time prepping at night um when that's a very common trigger for me and Mm -hmm. as far as having food in the house it hasn't been much of an issue so the stuff that he always had that I used to really enjoy was chips and I have not reintroduced chips at all Mm -hmm. into my diet. Now I have had some, um, bougie boy scout popcorn. (laughs) Popcorn. (laughs) Oh my God. So funny. Um, and it is damn good. So Mm. anyways, um, support the troops, right? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I have had some popcorn, um, but that is like the max of like that snack chippy type world that I've even had. Yeah. Uh, post-op. So 
they are still in my kitchen, but I haven't even like brought them out for him. Like he's wanted like air fried fries or mm-hmm. something like with his, uh, his food for evening. I haven't even like really given him chips. And sometimes if he does want chips, I'll just like literally give him the bag. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not the typical stuff that I would snack on, but I am finding myself still snacking at night and it's just more of mm-hmm. like my kind of snack. So like apple slices or yogurt or whatever because there's just this weird thing about standing in the kitchen waiting for the food to be done or meal prep food that makes me want to snack on something Hmm. that's a that was a really long answer but that's no it's general week and then we're usually off Sunday Mondays together and so typically like Sundays we'll go out to dinner Mondays we go out to dinner and usually there's some kind of leftover or whatever that we'll have for lunch or something like that but I I'm Mm -hmm. not restrictive when I go out to dinner like I've even had burgers and fries before like I literally Mm -hmm. have everything on the table there's no good there's no bad there's just eat what you can with the most love possible and Mm -hmm. I really try to typically when I'm out during the week like I try to have like a really nice salad I love salads that people make for me I don't like making salads myself I know that sounds a little weird but like no it tastes totally better when someone else does it right there's something about having surprises in salads like every time Mm. I go to dinner I want a salad because I'm like what are they going to put in it it's like a it's like a I don't know they're beets and stuff and like snap Mm. peas I'm like oh my gosh I would never think to put that in a salad and it's so good in here so Mm. stuff like that you know that I I often will try to like incorporate and you know, again, just eating from a place of love, not just like, oh my God, there's a pizza here. Let me just my face full of pizza. Um, mm. But it, you know, it happens it's just, and I've craved it and I've allowed myself to have all kinds of different things because I'm like, this is a forever journey. I'm not going to be unrealistic and think, oh, I'm never going to have rice again, or I'm never going to have a burger and fries again. Like I just have five ounces of it. And then I'm like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. You know, just enjoy the shit out of it. And then, you know, and, and then that's typically like Sunday, Monday, we always end up going out to dinner because I get tired of my cooking and I'm sure he gets tired of my cooking too. <laughs> I mean, sounds delicious with all the microwaving. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. I'm so teasing. Healthy. <laughs> yeah. My boyfriend literally, or fiance, he literally, when we first met, wasn't allowed in the kitchen on his own terms because he had caused two microwaves to explode in his life (laughs) but he was making easy mac and forgot to put the water in and there's one step you put water so that when we were together together. Uh uh-huh so he and he was um a first responder so he lived with a bunch of first responders and they would just order pizza and it would just sit on the counter for like four days and they would just eat it out of the box like so gross such so, boys. Such boys, yeah. And his his diet has I feel like since my surgery, he his diet has also improved. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just trying to keep up with me. I don't know. But he um we don't eat any meals together. We used to eat dinner together every night consistently, and I would always make a pretty big meal for dinner. Mm-hmm. And I stopped doing that and I miss it. So twice once or twice a week we'll go out to dinner together but we are we very rarely he doesn't eat breakfast and then he'll eat his breakfast around two which is when I'm eating my lunch and so we'll pass ships and I always offer like would you like to try a lettuce wrap you know with this chicken on it and he says no (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
he's more of a mac and cheese out of the box kind of guy or chicken nuggets or you know but he's he's been he likes kid food too a thousand percent he's like a five-year-old like you said but Mm -hmm. at dinner time I've noticed he's been really stepping up and eating a lot more veggies so I'm proud of him for that because I don't know that he ever ate vegetables before we were together Mm -hmm. but I I have I know I've noticed that I have pretty unhealthy relationships with food and that I avoid a lot of foods before my surgery. I was the same way. And so I'm really trying to tell myself like, like you do, like all things are good in moderation, but I struggle with that. That's one of my biggest struggles is that because I don't, it's probably because of my OCD and anxiety, but I like to just eat the same things all the time and then I'll get sick of it, but it'll take me a while to get Mm -hmm. sick of it. Mm -hmm. And I just say, okay, no, this works for me. This is, this is like when I, after I had the surgery, I thought I sat down and said, Oh, okay. What can I eat now? That's going to make sure I hit all my macros and I'm, you know, getting a hundred grams of protein a day and I'm keeping my carbs around 50 and keeping my fat around 50 grams a day. Like how, how do I hit those numbers? Mm-hmm. And cause it was a, it was a reset. I, for me, it wasn't going to work to just eat half of the serving that I, of what I would normally eat or something. And I never ate yogurt. I didn't really eat a lot of fruit because I was avoidant of all sugar, whether mm-hmm. it was fake or real. And that worked for me for a while, like for five years or so, like I just didn't eat sugar and so for me to, in the mornings now, I eat, I eat yogurt with fruit and walnuts. That is so out of the norm for what I would normally eat. I used to, I would always want to eat something hot. I would always, I was a big like breakfast sandwich person from Jack in the Box. Like a oh, sausage okay. biscuit was mm-hmm. like my jam. And not eating fast food pretty much at all now is a very big change. Yeah. And I've never been like a meal planner, prepper. I just wing it. (laughs) And I need, it's one of my things that I know I want to get better about, but I have hit my numbers consistently since day one when I was going through the stages. So after surgery, obviously you do liquids and then you do like semi-liquids and then you do mushy foods and then you can do mechanical foods and then normal foods. Right. So I, I went from soft mechanical to the next stage and my body said nope no 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 like we don't like this I ate one of those feta bakes like the fake lasagnas that you can make oh yeah Uh uh-huh and my body was like no ma'am that is not what we're doing (laughs) like no I I felt so sick and so I stayed on mashed potatoes and soup way longer than I thought I was going to because I really wanted to get through the stages Mm -hmm. to being able to eat normal again and I say normal and I don't mean it in a judgmental way, but that's just how I paraphrase like a typical person. Not that you're yeah. not normal, just I get a little asterisk. Um, but before surgery, I remember three days before surgery when I was starting my liquids diet and that was very difficult. I remember going to sleep one night crying <laughs> because I was like, I'm never going to be able to eat pizza again. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I was like so sad about it. Yeah. And I've eaten pizza since, but I didn't, I haven't, I don't have freedom with food like you do. And I'm jealous of that. And I need, I know it's something I need to work on because it's unhealthy for me to 
be so limited. I have, I'm allergic to coconut. That's it. Everything else should be on the table, Mm -hmm. but I have such a hard time letting go of that control. And I have the fear of regain because I don't want to not pay attention to it anymore. I feel like it's almost like if, if you're an adult, if you're a parent and your kid almost drowns, you're always going to be extra vigilant when you're at around water after that. Right. Absolutely. And I justify it and I can say, Oh, well it keeps me healthy or I hit all my numbers, but really I don't want to let food control me in either a good way or a bad way. And so for me, I have to get to that point where I'm ready to, let it go. And, but it's difficult for me. So I'm trying, but I know I can definitely do better. So I don't know. Well, one thing, my, (laughs) one thing my surgeon said at my three month follow-up appointment telling him exactly what I do. And, you know, I said, I don't restrict as far as what I'm eating. I just always make sure that I have somewhere between three and four um, ounces of protein at every Mm -hmm. time I sit down. And I am not structured. Like you talk about a hundred grams of protein, 50 carbs, 50. No, I have not tracked any of that shit since I had surgery. Mm -hmm. I don't even track calories. And Mm. I thought, oh, this is, this is good because I know, I mean, and obviously like he took all my blood work and he's like, everything came back perfect. Your proteins are perfect. All the stuff is perfect. perfect, perfect, perfect." So I'm like, okay, cool. So I don't have to worry about tracking. Tracking's a big trigger for me, Mm. um, more so than even the scale. Um, But so I was grateful that what I'm doing, but what I did tell him was that I was measuring three to four ounces of like some kind of animal protein. Typically it's fish or like chicken or whatever. Um, and then I do the rest veg and I do typically like six to seven ounces at every meal, every sit down. And mm. with the, with the exception of my green smoothies in the morning, which I know have 20 grams of protein. Cause I've kind of like measured it out, but it's all natural. It's not like supplemented protein. Yeah. It's like hemp seeds, chia seeds, like all that stuff. Right. So mm-hmm. I, um, and he goes, I love what you're saying. He goes, but cut that shit out with measuring. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, oh gosh, this is a, yeah. He goes, this is a lifelong journey. He goes, if you are all of a sudden without a scale, a food scale, he goes, what are you going to do? And I thought about it and I was like, okay, that's a good point. But he goes, you need to think about this forever. He goes, I know you're newly post-op. You want to make sure that you're doing all the things and hitting all the numbers and all that stuff. He said, which is great. But he said, make sure that you're learning what does three to four ounces of animal protein actually look like. So that Mm -hmm. way, if you're at a restaurant or if you're out like whatever, and you're living your normal life, you can look at something and go, okay, I think that's going to be approximately, you know, X amount. And which I thought there was like, I I learned a lot from that conversation because Mm -hmm. I was, I was really grateful that he said that because it kind of goes back to what I was saying as far as like, I don't think I'm an intuitive yet like I it's something I definitely strive towards but like I do think that um there's power in trusting yourself and Mm -hmm. putting on your plate what you think is the right thing to put on your plate and and all the (sighs) tricks are great you know like using little baby forks and baby plates and all that (laughs) stuff but is that long term you know like ask yourself that question like is this is this realistic for forever And as soon as you're out of that bubble, is this going to work? Because the idea is we're losing weight so that we can leave, live a better life and we can live a more fulfilled life and do all the things we wanted to do. 
-hmm. And so when you're in your day to day life, is this realistic? And so I've really tried hard to not measure out my food and to not, you know, like to just literally look at something and go, okay, that's about the size of like two lipstick bottles or whatever. So maybe that's two ounces. And so like, I just kind of try to, you know, trust the process. And so I'll be seeing him again in another three months at my six month follow up. I'll have more blood work to do at that time. And so I'll, I'll be able to then gauge like, okay, so this is what's working. This is what's not working. Because Mm -hmm. in the end of the day, the number one thing that was missing from my life was the trust between me and my body. And I am trying so hard to just build that trust up and Mm -hmm. just trust myself. Because in the past, I used to think that I, there was no way I could trust myself. I, yeah, I think we all struggle with that because in the past, we obviously, those of us who have had the surgery because we were morbidly obese, we, we, I felt like I shouldn't trust myself. I wasn't making the right choices and it got, I always say it got away from me. I just wasn't paying attention to it. So, but it was something I was consciously aware of as well that I was now I went from a size 14 to a 16 and all of a sudden the 22s aren't fitting. And, you know, so it's hard. It's hard to, I don't know at one point, maybe that'll be part of my conversation and like the journey of this, of when will I trust myself? Mm -hmm. And it, I don't, it's not for me. I don't hyper focus on it, but I am diligent. And the groups that I'm in, like for my surgeon on Facebook, they all tell you like the way I figured out my macros or measuring was by what they told, they told me to do that. Mm. So it's interesting for me to hear that your dietitian or your surgeon is telling you not to. And it makes sense because it's true. I don't carry my food scale around with me, but I certainly know now what two and a half ounces of mashed potatoes looks like because that's what I measure out. And actually, I'm not supposed to, like, not quote unquote supposed to eat mashed potatoes because they're carbs, but I allow myself to because I love them. And mm-hmm. I was one of the things my body could tolerate after surgery was the little frozen um, uh, mashed potato balls from Trader Joe's. And I ate that and I loved it and I don't care. And I also have eaten French fries. My number one favorite food ever, you can definitely tell I'm from Southern California, is Mexican food. Mm-hmm. So we go. Too. I love it so much. It's very difficult for me to not just get a combination platter with a cheese enchilada and a taco and a chiliano and rice and beans. Like now, I get fajitas because I can yep. make good choices. I don't measure it out, and I don't eat the rice. And this is just for me. Don't listen to me, anybody. Like I'm just saying yeah. what works for me because obviously I have food issues. We all have food issues because we all are going through this together. Um, but I just make little little adjustments. Like I don't eat the rice. I eat the shit out of some free fried beans with cheese on them. And I can't really do spicy salsa anymore. It used to be my favorite, but my tummy really doesn't like it. Mm. So, you know, it's like little things, but I love fajitas. But, you know, sometimes I will get one cheese enchilada on the side and I'll eat like half of it and I eat it slowly. But my, my main thing, other than measuring, I, like I said, I don't do it all the time when I'm out and about, but if I'm home, I'll measure Uh, Because I want to, like, check myself more so than anything. Uh, I – oh, oh, I eat for – I make sure I eat for at least 30 minutes. 
which I don't know if you time yourself. It sounds like you're not because it sounds like I'm going, we're on different ends of this control spectrum. But I set a timer and I make sure to eat at least for 30 minutes. And it's funny now I'll find myself, I'm like, oh, I'm full. What time is it? And it's been 31 minutes. So that's worked for me too. But I don't know. Maybe no one should listen to my advice because obviously I'm doing, maybe I'm doing too much. But it's been working for me, so it's hard to change it, you know? But do yeah. I think I'm going to go to Five Guys today and get a big, fat, greasy burger and fries? No, because I will either not be able to shit for four days or I'll shit for five hours, you know? <laughs> so I have to, like, be careful right. <laughs> with what I'm what I'm putting in my body. And I, I genuinely just want to put in good things. Yes. That's all. Yeah. I don't care. Like, pizza just isn't good for you, but I love it, so I'll eat it occasionally, but... Mm-hmm to you know I eat the cauliflower crust or whatever but I just want to be putting in nutrient rich foods that's yeah I mean I've I've literally thought about this as a brand new newborn you know and I think about it like I don't have one but if I did have one you'd want to give it all the best things and I feel like that's the exact same way like I now buy organic animal protein whereas in the past Mm -hmm. I've never I've never done that and I do it because number one I don't eat as much um, mm-hmm. so it's, might as well no... get good food. Exactly. Yeah. I, and I just think about it that way. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm only buying, you know, one little package of, you know, organic chicken for the week. So <laughs> why mm-hmm. am I, you know, it's no big deal to, to then switch to, um, something that's organic and, you know, raised with love versus, you know, cause I, I, I've always struggled with animal protein, just like consuming it in the past. And so I mm-hmm. did a lot of like, I mean, I think we've all probably done a bunch of different diets and things, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, veganism and all the rest of it. And I did a lot of studying on all these things. And I, I do believe that there's something to be said that if you've never actually like taken an animal's life, you probably don't deserve to actually consume it. I know that that sounds very like mm. crazy, but I, I just think that we are so spoiled as Americans that we've mm-hmm. never had to like experience those things other than just walking into a supermarket and picking up a package that looks pretty, (laughs) right? you know? And so, um, so I, at the very least, you know, I try to support those farmers that create like organic or raise with love and things like that. So that's a big Mm -hmm. one for me. And so I've switched to that. And then also, um, just the, the ways in which I eat. So kind of to your point, you know, taking 30 minutes for me, what I do, I don't necessarily set a timer for how long the length, and it, it typically will fall somewhere between 20 minutes and maybe 25 at the most. Mm. But um, what I do is I take a bite and I try to stick to a smaller bite, smaller than what's normal, except mm-hmm. when I have salad. When I eat salad, I feel like if I have mini bites, I'll be there for like three hours trying to eat the salad. So (laughs) (laughs) my salad bites are typically a lot bigger, but I chew to like an applesauce consistency. Um, I really make sure that I chew at least 40 times, depending on what the food is, but I try to to get it around there. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm very aware of my body as I swallow and kind of as I feel the food sort of hit my my sleeve. And then I just kind of sit there on my hands. As you know, I sit on my Mm -hmm. hands and I just kind of, listen to my my baby and I'm like is my baby good does my baby feel tight does it feel my baby like how's my baby and so I just try to you know like listen and then I give that at least a good you know 60 seconds or so and then I take another bite so and I and I typically 
do that, like I said, for about 20 minutes or so. And then, um, then I'm usually full. And Mm -hmm. so there is a little bit more structure when I eat, but mostly because in the past, uh, pre-op, I would just turn on the TV and shove Mm -hmm. as much food into my face as I possibly could probably chew it like five times and then swallow. And then like, you know, it just wasn't from a place of love. It was just, you know, get as much Mm -hmm. in as possible, feel as full as possible. So you don't have to feel anything else. Yeah. I remember when I was in college, I worked at in and out and we were supposed to get 30 minute breaks, but you rarely did because that 30 minute break would be going to the bathroom, going, smoking a cigarette, eating your food, sometimes making your food and then eating it. Like you had to eat really quickly. And I remember one time I ate a double double with a bun in probably 45 seconds. Cause it was like chomp, 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 chomp. And it's so funny to me now because I think that we develop these habits along the way of living life and not realizing that we're doing this and it becomes the norm of like what I would say, what sounds good to you body rather than this is what you're getting today body. And Mm -hmm. I would not have active eating skills. I would just eat whatever and as quickly as possible or watching TV or driving somewhere. I was a real, real drive in the car and eat person. And so now having the attention being able to be paid to what I'm eating and what I'm putting in my body. There are some negatives with it for me mentally, but I think overall it's positive in that I'm saying, okay, like you're not dict, you're not the boss of me anymore. Stomach. You're not, I'm not listening to my gut anymore. (laughs) I'm listening to my brain and my brain's in charge of this because You had 38 years of doing whatever you wanted and it wasn't working. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think we're all obviously works in progress. And for me, I have to be, remind myself to be, to give myself grace and to love myself and not beat up on myself and, and not be negative and say, okay, like you didn't do so great on this, but look all the other things that you're doing that were greater. Um, you know, you're, you're working through this, you're addressing that there's a problem or an issue and that's okay. That that's at least you're not putting your head in the sand with your ass sticking up and not recognizing that there's an issue. So we'll all get there, you know, and it just takes time, but we have to trust the process and and trust our bodies. Like you're saying to, for me to some point and yeah, just keep it moving. Right. We'll all get there for sure. And, and yeah, Since this is just like an overall life after VSG episode, I wanted to ask the question, like, has there been anything else for you, Crystal, that's like changed since you've had surgery um, (laughs) that like maybe isn't necessarily food related or exercise related, just like Mm -hmm. in your life in general? Like, is there any general changes that have happened for you? So in general, in my life prior to the surgery, I was going through a lot because I lost my company that I'd started due to COVID. It was a travel related industry uh, company called baggage nanny. And so I've been very emotionally all over the place because I feel like losing my company, losing our investors. I went from literally being businesswoman of the year in 2019 to being unemployed. And I, we lost our house because it was just been a lot. So emotionally, regardless of the surgery, I have been really 
on the struggle bus. And for me, that has affected a lot of things like my sex life. This is like a lot of information, but my, when I'm stressed, I could care less about being sexual. Mm. And so that's not great in your relationship. Right, right. And I don't even pay, I would just would not pay attention to like that. We're not being intimate or cause I just shut down. Mm-hmm. So I will say though, because of having this downtime of not working at one point I was for years, I was running three companies at one time. So I just was work, 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 busy, busy, busy. I, I would tell everyone I didn't have kids because I, this, these companies were my babies. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so after, so having the time to have the surgery was actually, I don't think I wouldn't have been able to do it had I not had this downtime. And I really took this downtime, like this COVID, you know, however long, like year and a half to say, okay, I'm going to focus on my, my mental health and my physical health. So that's been the opportunity is, was great to be able to do it. That being said, after surgery, the physical changes to my body has been surprising in that I didn't realize how much it was affecting my sex life to be heavier it not so much in like like literally just like the physicality of it and I I don't want to like be like explicit but there's just some things that were more difficult carrying a lot of weight in my stomach Mm -hmm. and I didn't even recognize like it was a was a problem like my boyfriend and I would joke that the bed was too smushy or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) and now like that has been the most positive nicest change is that I, I feel like I was confident in whatever my skin looked like before. So that wasn't a problem, but just the physicality of like being more adventurous and being on top more, or I don't know this. I don't want to like, I don't know how much detail we'll go into on here, but I mean, I'm not shy, but I don't want to like no. embarrass anybody, but, or have my like mother-in-law accidentally listen to this, but just the closeness, <laughs> I told her she's not allowed to the closeness that we've experienced and also going through this together because he went with me to Mexico and took care of me. I've always been more of the caretaker in the relationship. And so to let go of the control and like, let him baby me, take care of me, wash my hair for me, or um, just really be my champion and have my back on it. That was a really good thing in our relationship and then the sex on top of it not right after surgery but like when I was able to that has been incredible um that has been like the biggest bestest change and I didn't even recognize that that change needed to happen um so so that's been great and that's been a whirlwind since surgery I had surgery in February we got engaged in May after dating for seven and a half years and now we're planning a wedding during COVID, which is super fun. Um, if you can't ca- catch the sarcasm in that. Uh, <laughs> we got it. Yeah. It's been so effing stressful. And financially, it's been stressful because I got fired from my job, which I'll probably mention 8,000 times during every episode. But I got fired from my job and I was getting like almost a six-figure income to now nothing. My unemployment has not kicked in and it's been eight weeks because I'm stuck in that clog in California. Like it's just been a lot. But I think having the bot, like the food stuff and the working out, the working out has been a huge positive change for me. Mm. 
I literally crave it now. And it's only been like two weeks of consistently doing it, maybe three weeks. Um, I, I'm like, oh, I cannot wait to wait, get up and work out in the morning because I feel so much better. Not right away. While I'm doing it, I feel like I'm going to die and I want to throw up and I hate life. But after, probably like two hours after, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. So that's a really long rambly answer. There's been a plethora of positive things and the negative has been very low which has been really great. I've never had it. I've had maybe one dumping episode. I'm not sure if it even was dumping, but I just didn't feel good for 45 minutes one time. Um, there's been challenges like not pooping. That was really hard for me. I yeah. never, oh, girl, I was like really concerned about my butthole for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had to, but I figured out like, side note, gummy fibers for, or kids gummy fiber pills are what saved my life. Um, and not eating so much cheese, but yeah, like there's little things that you don't know are going to be a problem. I miss hamburgers desperately. I miss animal style fries desperately. I'm, I should get sponsored by in and out because how much I love them, but <laughs> you know, I I'm okay. I knew there was going to be some sacrifices along the way. And the fact that I even take supplements twice a day is huge for me. The fact that I actually drink and care about drinking water is huge for me. And so, and also wearing a size 12 or 14 is really great too. Like the vanity side, I look really hot in my wedding dress and I'm really excited about it. Mm -hmm. So the vanity side is great too. The hair loss, not so great. The having a cold right now and being convinced it's COVID and I'm going to die. Like that wasn't so great for the last couple of days. Side note, don't have COVID got my test back. It was negative, but you know, there's little things that I feel like are a little scarier because I've had surgery. So now like my immune system's compromised and whatever, but overall longest answer, I would say 98% positive, 2% some negative things. Yeah. What about you? Um, I was that even a good answer. That was a great answer. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm like, I was so, I was so immersed in your answer that I wasn't even thinking about what I was going to say. <laughs> but no, it's I can relate to a lot of what you said. Um, I do absolutely agree that, you know, physically um, in the bedroom, it is much easier to maneuver. And, mm-hmm. you know, now, like, all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, bring that mirror out. Like, let's do, you know what I mean? Like, I'm all for it. You know, I'm just like it's all like way hotter, I guess, is, mm. is the bottom line is just it. I feel better. I feel like I can move a little bit better. I can, mm-hmm. you know, do things that, you know, I didn't. And, and again, I just to your point, I did not think about this prior when I was heavier. I just was like, no, I prefer it this way. And I didn't mm-hmm. really know why, you know, but then now I'm realizing like now that there's not so much stuff in the way, like let's do it all the other ways too, you know? And so I think that um, for me, that's been really fun. Um, and then of course, I'm sure for my husband too, that's, that's exciting as well. Um, I think more of the structure, like I kind of looked at this and it's interesting because you say when I work out in the morning and when you work out, are you referring to just like the work? Cause you're working out outside typically, right? Like you're just going mm-hmm. out and you're doing walks and runs. Is that right? Yeah. So I live at the top of a hill and uh-huh. then there's hills all around me. So you so. literally are just doing your workouts outside. I literally like put on my new balances and mm-hmm. I walk. Okay. And I'm running intermittently and I, but I make myself walk like 
at least 45 minutes for, and it's usually about two and a half miles. Okay. That's amazing. So I, I mentioned this briefly before, but like a big trigger for me was always tracking. And then part, like a caveat to that is that like another trigger for me was like working out and like specifically gym workouts, like Mm -hmm. were very, very um, structured and painful and Mm -hmm. all those things. So for me, um, the work to being outside, breathing fresh air, going for walks, a little bit of a jog now and that like that's mm-hmm. for me, that is like a hundred percent mental health and completely necessary for my sanity. Mm-hmm. And so I have um, completely adopted that and it's part of my day and it makes me happy and there's no pain involved. It's just happiness to be outside and breathe the fresh air and feel the sunshine on my skin. And so that has been a huge change for me because I've always looked at any kind of structure, working out, lifting weights, whatever, like as just torture. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that until surgery. So this new format of working out and just giving my body like a boost, basically, um, the mental health side of that has been really positive. So Mm -hmm. that's a huge change for me, just having the energy and the the willingness um, and commitment to go out and do those things every morning was, is, has been phenomenal. Um, the structure in my day, I think I look at my days a lot differently. Um, I also feel very passionate about helping other people that are along this journey because I know that through helping others, it's going to help me and it's going to make, you know, just having these conversations I feel like is so helpful and um, making those connections and, and, committing to, um, you know, being there for one another, creating Mm -hmm. these partnerships, these bonds. Yeah, it's really great. Um, And then of course, like just on the day to day, like I just, I look at life differently now. It's through a different lens. It's through a healthier lens. Um, And I'm just starting to try to keep up with, okay, things are looking differently. My body's looking differently. Yesterday, I put on a pair of pants that I had, you know, pre-op and I just expected them to fit the minute I zipped them they fell right down to my leg there's they're slacks that I would use for work (laughs) and the minute I zipped it up they just fell straight down and I was like whoa that's never happened so just trying to keep up mentally um that's been a big shift for me I think just as rapid as all this weight's coming off um it's it's pretty wild and and I just I have to keep up you know people start to treat me a little bit differently. And that's weird. Um, I think that that's a positive thing, but it also tells me a lot more about the individual than, <laughs> than anything else. Um, that's been a really bizarre change that I don't know that I was necessarily expecting because I knew that I was heavy before, but I didn't know that people saw it as much as they did. Maybe I was just in denial about that. Like I just didn't think mm. that I looked as heavy as I actually did. And mm-hmm. so the kind of like the bo- the uh, opposite of body feel like you and I have shared before with each other, like we just didn't think that we looked that different. And so apparently mm-hmm. 50 pounds less, I do look a lot different because people are definitely talking to me differently. Uh, get, like physically, they're hugging me. They're, you know, just different, you know, just different mm-hmm. way that people interact with you. And, um, that's been a big, a big change. And I also think that I have a lot of energy for different things that I used to not necessarily have Mm -hmm. energy for. Um, I even think from like an emotional standpoint, like being able to, you know, support other people and have these kinds of really 
you know, deep conversations with fundamentally strangers, you know, we all meet as strangers and having the, the emotional capacity to do that, I think has been a really big change for me too. So it's all been good. Mm. I'm, I'm with you on that. You know, my hair's falling out like crazy, but I'm like, Oh, I can deal with that. That's no big deal. I'll just get extensions in a couple of months when I go back to my hairdresser. <laughs> so it comes so back. some fake shit. <laughs> yeah. So I'm on the other side of it now where mm-hmm. I have for a minute, I was like, no one take a picture of the top of my head. Cause I realized I had like a little baby bald spot on like a calic on the top of my head. Thankfully I'm mm-hmm. five, nine. So I was like, I'm just putting a ponytail, but I have so many baby hairs coming in now along the front of my hairline. So it comes back. I just wish it would have fallen out of my chin instead of my head, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, could I just have, like, lose all my pubes? That would be great. No? Yeah. Okay, cool. Just off the top of my head. Got it. Thanks. But, yeah, it comes back, so don't stress. Cool. Yeah, that's a good thing. It does. Yeah. Um, I had my bachelorette party this week, so I was really bummed that I was feeling sick and worried about COVID because obviously that would get canceled, but sure. knock on wood, my test was Yay. negative so I can still go. Have I told you what we're doing? No, you haven't told me. Basically. So I don't drink. I never drank before um, my surgery anyways for like 10 years. So when this came up and I'm 38 or sorry, 39. So when it came up that I was engaged finally and we're getting married and I want to do a bachelorette party, my friends were who all party were like, so what are we going to do? Because you don't like to, you're not going to want to go to Vegas. Like it was a lot of negativity thrown at me at first. Like you don't like to drink. You're not going to want to go to Vegas. You don't want to go to Cabo. So like, what are we going to do? That was, that was how I was taking it. They weren't being that. It wasn't that way really but I took it as I was feeling less than because I'm not a party animal also we're all in our mid to late 30s do we really need to be partying but whatever <laughs> so now that I know you live in Vegas we should have just gone to Vegas but we're not yeah. going to Vegas and so I said okay like I, I sat around and licked my wounds for a minute and I felt bad for myself and then I thought all right what do I what would I really want to do like because this is supposed to be the crystal weekend right so mm-hmm. we're doing it's called crystal's basic bitch bachelorette party and we're going up to la on friday like early friday morning and we're going to universal studios but we got the vip pass like backstage thing which was not it was not inexpensive it was like 350 dollars a person sure so that's one thing that's nice about getting married being older is you can afford to do nicer things so We're going to do this. So basically, like, we get valet parking. They have breakfast for us. We go on the backstage pass, and we get to get taken around to, like, do VIP everything at Universal Studios. So we're doing that. And then, yeah, then we're staying at uh, a pretty iconic hotel in uh, Hollywood. I don't want to say which what it is, but I guess no one listens to this yet. But we're staying at a, a nice hotel and uh, we're staying there Friday and Saturday night. Friday night, we're not doing anything. We're just going to hang by the pool and have dinner and be lazy and be cute. And then Saturday, kind of the same thing. We're just going to chill at the pool because it's such an iconic hotel. You want to be there. You're pr- yeah. we're probably going to see like famous people and stuff. But Saturday night, we're taking a limo bus up and down like Hollywood Boulevard. And then we're going to um, 
three of the Vanderpump Rules restaurants. So, so fun. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to pump for um for like drinks and then the other one for sir for dinner and then Tom Tom for drinks and we have tables and like drinks and dancing after. So, so it's very basic and it's I love reality TV. I've watched Vanderpump Rules. All of my girlfriends have been rewatching it with me since we've been planning this. I'm very ready to run into DJ James Kennedy, the white Kanye. And like, I hope all of them are there. I don't know if they will be, but I don't care. And it's going to be so fun. And my boyfriend is, and um, my bachelorette, one of my bachelorettes, her husband and my boyfriend are really good friends. So they're coming up with us, but they're getting an Airbnb in Glendale with the dogs and they're going to hang out and play video games all weekend while we're doing our thing. So it's going to be super fun. And I got some really cute outfits for it. So I hope everyone's ready on Instagram for like a dump of bachelorette party pictures, but my wedding is next month. So it's kind of coming coming down to the wire. Yeah. But I'm so excited for you. That's going to be a blast. I'm, I'm so excited. It's going to be, and it's my girlfriends who we, and my sisters, and we've all been friends for 15 years. So yeah, they all, and they can get really turned up. So it's going to be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. So great. So oh, fun. Cool. And can't one wait of my to ba- see all the pictures. Yeah. One of my, um, I think I called her a bachelorette, but I bet bridesmaids, one of my bridesmaids, she's pregnant newly pregnant so she's not gonna be drinking with me so I won't be the only one that's like sober yeah yeah that's awesome so it'll be really fun I'll share lots of pictures on my Instagram I'm sure but I was really worried I was gonna have to cancel if I was like sick yes oh thank god I think I'll be okay yeah no thank god well I'm vaccinated so like odds are I wouldn't have had it but I just wanted to make sure because right you know my friend is pregnant I don't want to put her at risk or anything you know so So, and for me with my like agoraphobia, traveling has always been an issue. So I'm very proud of myself that I'm putting, I'm doing, even though it's only two and a half hours from my house, like that's out of my comfort level. So I'm really proud of myself that I'm doing this. This is the first girl trip I'm actually doing with all of my friends because I haven't gone on any of the other trips that we've done over the years. So big things are happening and it'll be really fun. Oh, I'm so happy for you, girl. Awesome. Thanks. I can't wait to see. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be really fun. Um, is there anything you want to add? Like anything fun going on for you this week? Or I don't know. Just what's going on with you this week? Because we're reaching our we're over our hour long chat, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, exciting stuff for the week. Uh not really. I hmm. um I think it's funny because whenever it's a long weekend, tomorrow's Labor Day, so Whenever it's like a, a long weekend, we typically end up staying in a lot more because where my husband loves to go on his days off and where, where I like to go and hike and walk and stuff um, is down at the lake. And so whenever mm-hmm. we go out there, it's usually when like nobody else is around. <laughs> it's definitely mm-hmm. not on a three-day weekend. So we'll probably be pretty low-key this week. Um, nothing too exciting happening. Just, you know, work as usual. And I have dog training this week, so. <laughs> Fun. Very basic, lame happening. So, um, I'll I'll li- you can live vicariously through me. Yes, I I plan to actually. That's okay. uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. Are you a you're a reality TV person, but only like the challenge, right? 
I like reality TV. I limit myself on reality TV. I, I do not. <laughs> I but I binge the shit out of it. Oh my god! Can I tell you something I discovered on TikTok the other day though, or yes. maybe it was yesterday? So I follow this girl who talks about the challenge. That's a show on MTV that you and I both love. If you, in yes. case people don't know, Google it. It's amazing. It's been amazing. On, been on for like twenty five years or something. Crazy. Like literally, yeah. <laughs> I actually applied to be on Real World Chicago when I was 18, and I got a phone interview, and I blew it off. I didn't do it. I even, like, sent uh-huh. in the video, and then I ended up moving to Chicago or near Chicago when I was 18, so I always think, oh, I could have been on this season with Anissa. We would have been best friends. Seriously. Um, I know. I would have been so good on TV at that age, you too. You would. Oh, Ugh, my gosh. So good. Um, but anyway, so this chick I found on TikTok, she talks about the challenge all the time. And mm-hmm. out of nowhere, <laughs> she posed this video about how she's slept with two of the challenge contestants in the last year. And I was like, what? Like, she just totally took it to the next level for me. And um, she said she won't say who it is, but because one is married currently <gasps> and the other one hasn't been on a challenge in like the last season. So I messaged her and I was like, you have to, I was like, you don't have to tell me, but I just want to tell you if it was CT, I need to know like what era of CT it was. Oh, she hadn't said it was in the last year, just that she had been with someone with them oh, in the past. Okay, gotcha. So, but then she clarified it was in the last year. But before that, I was like, I just need to know if it was CT and what era of CT was it because he could get it at any era, but particularly young hot, I'm going to like eat his brain CT would definitely be on top of my list. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. Did she respond? She just did a winky face, which tells me it was CT. Oh my God. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) If she would have told me it was Wes, I would have been like, I hate you and never followed her again because I can't. Or Johnny Bananas, but like CT is the <laughs> ultimate for me. I yeah, love him same. so much. Yes, oh, so too. hot, so hot, and, and so funny. Yeah. Oh, Darrell's gorgeous. You can get it. Yeah, I love that show. Maybe we should do another podcast about the challenge people that we love. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. Me and you, yeah. It it would take another seventy plus minutes. <laughs> <laughs> seventy two minutes of yeah. why we love the challenge. I did see TJ one time in San Diego. The really? TJ Love in the house. Yeah. yeah, he's really short, which was funny. He was at In and Out. I was like, he's so little. Oh, but that's so funny. I maybe like we should do an episode of are... famous people. Yeah. Yeah, most famous people are really short, and it's I'm so you know, weird. We just I saw like Usher big... the other day. He's little he too, was... right? Yes, he's so short. I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't I... know. I didn't know this. I always had a thing for Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have like a weird, I, I don't know. Like I just love um, characters more than anything. So mm-hmm. growing up watching Goodfellas or yeah. whatever, he definitely does it for me. Like the Godfather, like stop. Yes. And uh, my, literally my wedding vibes are like Godfather one outdoor wedding vibes. Um, anyways, I love it, but I was very sad to learn that he's on a good day. He's five foot eight. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) I was so heartbroken to learn that he's little. What is it about the, the super famous that are so tiny? They're just so small. Yeah, but like in in like Taxi Driver, come on. Like there's no way that dude's five eight. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm really hoping we see Vin Diesel at Universal Studios. And he tells me, I love you. You're my family. 
<laughs> oh my god when I met my husband I was like you are Vin Diesel's doppel- doppelganger don't and tell me he- that now I'm gonna come for your husband I'm just kidding <laughs> I was joking but, by the way yeah that was also like 15 years ago I mean not to say mm. like I think he's I I'm in the I am convinced that my husband's getting hotter as he gets older but Same. when I yeah. first met him I was like oh my god like he literally looks like if Vin Diesel and The Rock had a baby it would be my husband I was like you are beautiful yeah so cute is he bald too yes girl my boyfriend has a full head of hair he's very american very handsome yes oh i think mine's getting better with age too like he was you know hot when we were 30 for sure Mm -hmm. he caught my attention but yeah he's getting gray hair now yeah and my girlfriends and i call him a silver the silver fox the silver fox yeah i'm into it yeah he literally came in with his dad bod the other day and i was like hello yeah you're really doing it for me right now and he's like yeah. oh thanks you want to do you want to do it and I was like no but I'm just telling you you look good <laughs> so funny well maybe you should send your husband to LA and like I'll think I saw you Vin Diesel at Universal Studios but it was just your husband <laughs> it'll be my know, big yeah. big story he's, he's not in his prime right now but <laughs> he needs to like go work out <laughs> that's so cute well congratulations yeah. on your Vin Diesel husband. If Thank I mean, you. I'll stick with my Robert De Niro. Yes, Love. exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, that's as cute. long as we're always convinced that we have like the hottest guy, that's what matters, right? Oh, a thousand percent. I yep. would literally, there's not a lot of people I would like kill for, but I would mm. literally kill for my fiance. Like Aww. he, I'm, he's my ride or die for forever. Yep. Yep. I love him very much. Don't let him hear I said that because yeah. I like to keep him on his toes, but totally. I'm going to go neg him. <laughs> you remember that like thing, like <laughs> negging women? I'm going to go neg him real quick. Keep him on his toes. <laughs> That's right. JK. All right. Well, um, n- thank you for chatting today. It was uh, like, thank you. I know we jokingly said we're going to try to keep these 30 minutes. I just don't think it's possible for us. Yeah. We're, we're chatty people. So um, awesome. Yes. I'm and glad if you to... hung in until the end listening yeah. to us, you get a gold star. It's probably the fever talking, but I'm pretty excited about this conversation. Yeah, me too. And um, awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to our next chat. And yeah, good job on doing what you're doing. Keep it, yeah. keep it going. Likewise, you too. Have an awesome Thanks. day and awesome week. <laughs> I will talk with you soon. We need to come right. up with like a saying that we say at the end, like, I don't know. Enjoy losing half an organ. I don't know. I don't know what we say. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come up with something we'll find it yep sounds stay good. sexy don't get murdered that's, our, that's from a saying that's from that's from i stole it from another podcast so we can't no, say that can't but say that. no we'll say like stick sit crooked and talk straight or something i like that all right girl oh just be i'll see you later all right bye <laughs> bye <laughs> I'm not going to do that.